This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. All right, training camp podcast time again. Mitch Holt is with you along with the Barbershop, 10-year NFL veteran Sean Barber, and we are in the dog days. People love dogs. We see it on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and Twitter. Dogs, dogs, dogs. Italian Mastiffs, Jack Russell Terriers, Pomeranians. We ain't talking about those dogs. We're talking (laughs) about dogs in the NFL, but dog days. And, Sean, it's very interesting the way that Andy Reid puts together and formulates his camp because he does have a period in there where it is bark, bark, trying to get through it. What about dog days and fighting through them? Man, I thought you was going to talk about some Doberman Pinchers and <laughs> Rockwallers, some some dogs like that. That's the kind of dogs I know. Uh, uh, but, you know, as a player, man, you, you, you get to that grind, man. You get to the grind where your body's starting to feel the fatigue. Um, you know, the off season was long. You hit training camp. You're excited about having a chance to install and put in new plays, and you want to see the teammates, and everybody comes out excited. But then, uh, you know, that that, that 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 period starts hitting. Whereas now, it's the first day of pads, the second day of pads. Your your legs getting heavy. You're doing the cold tub. You're, you're coming back from the cold tub. You're starting to feel you know getting your legs back. And now you got to think about it's time to go play some preseason games. Now, now that that dog mentality turns from just trying to get better and play against your your, your teammates, and now you got to look at some other opponent. Everybody trying to make the squad. You're worrying about the 53 cutting down the 53. You're worrying about showcasing on uh, on the preseason game so that all the other teams in the NFL know if you don't make this squad, you want to be good enough to make somebody's squad. Uh, they say it's a doggy dog world, and there's only so many places, only so many uh, bowls to eat from. So. Uh, these guys going to battle, man. These guys, gonna, they, they, they're battle-tested. They're ready for the, sh- the show. I've seen it down through the years, though. If a guy can prove it, fighting through the dog days of August in training camp, normally that bodes well throughout the season, not just the way they start the year, but when you get into the so-called dog days of the regular season, when you get about Thanksgiving time yeah. or December, you're in a stretch run, uh, but, man, nothing about your body feels good. But the guys that can push through now – Normally, it's an indication that they'll push through it when it really counts. Yeah, it builds up that layer, you know, that layer of conditioning, that layer of perseverance. Um, whatever you fight through in camp, you can recall it later on in the season. And that's what the season, you know, the, the coaches do. They do it on purpose. They'll introduce different packages, um, different phases, different opponents. Uh, this is a game plan for this team. This is a game plan for that team. Um, and then when it's time to recall it during the season, it's not like you're learning it for the first time. Um, when you're battling, having to go through practice, and coach don't let up. You know, he knows everybody's sore. He knows everybody needs a day off. But he says, you know what, put the pads on, go out there one more time and give me, give, give me your best effort. He wants to see who's, who's going to push on through that, 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 that soreness, push through that, that men, you know, who's mentally tough to get it done, even when their body doesn't feel like it. Because as you get to that, you know, what are you saying, weeks 9, 10, 11, um, you've already got through your bye week. And now you're trying to finish off the season strong and get prepared for a position in the playoff. That kind of stuff, it's, it, it starts to play mental uh, gymnastics with you. You don't, you don't know uh, morning from night. You don't know if you're tired. You don't know if you're hungry or thirsty. You don't, I mean, it, it, the season gets so long, and only those, those, those guys that have been proven and, and uh, battle-tested, I like battle-tested, 
through the dog days of camp. Those are the guys that are going to elevate their game uh, when we get to that part of the season. Another thing I've seen in the 10 years here in St. Joe with Andy Reid, if there's a challenging, even challenging elements, the day we had 6,500 people out here, it didn't look like it was going to happen. Lightning, wind, rain. And I remember last year on the Military Appreciation Day, it was pouring buckets. And Coach said, going to stay out there. I remember seeing Tyreek Hill out there in like three inches of water going, man, I hope this works. But Andy Reid's an old offensive lineman. <laughs> he knows it's almost like he wants that, even if it's inclement weather. Can a guy concentrate? Uh, he's not going to be there in the lightning. I mean, that's prohibited, so he's not that. But even to get out there in elements, I think Coach doesn't mind it when it's August dog days because you know that's coming because in crunch time, that game's if it's going to be a home game at Arrowhead, it's going to be an element. That's right. Games late in December, early January. Those are the games that are either uh, you win to move on or you go home. And you know the elements. You know, the last few seasons, it's going to be snow. It's going to be wet. It's going to be cold. And the teams that don't blink, the teams that can recall the day in uh, training camp when I was tired and dog tired and poured buckets and we still went through seven, nine on seven, seven on seven. Coach didn't back off at all. I was already tired, and I still was able to do it. Um, if you can do it under this circumstances, back-to-back days, triple days of pads, all those kind of things, then imagine when you get to a uh, – you've had four or five days off, you implement a uh, you know a little practice schedule, and between games, it's a, it's a full week. You've allowed your body to recover. Um, you should feel so much confidence in your abilities during the season with a week-long rest period as opposed to hearing – uh, training camp when you're like you're saying you're biting through, uh, you're digging digging in that ground for that bone trying to find it. Uh, you got to dig deep. Um, it take it takes some intestinal fortitude from the guys. So our first quarter here in the dog days of the preseason, the dog days of training camp, when those pads practices are strung together, I always look at see who's who's got the zippity doo on day two or day three. I'm going to throw a couple guys here that I was impressed with. Day two, I even put this on Twitter. Darren Lee, who the Chiefs picked up from the New York Jets, who was a a first-round pick out of Ohio State. I watched him in that string here in the middle of the dog days, and it looked like he took it up a notch. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's your position. The other one was a guy like Derek Nottie. I've been impressed with him, the second-year defensive lineman, who's kind of bringing it every day. It's like – and he doesn't, doesn't look like he's taking reps off. He's soaking in the teaching. But to me, those guys stood out on a second or third day where you know they're not as fresh. Yeah. But they're just – you're training your mind, your body, and your soul just to fight through it, will through it. Yeah, when you talk about Naughty, man, his pad level, his strength, his, like, it's like a bulldozer, right? We talk about the dog day. He's like a bulldog. He's, he's an Irish <laughs> bulldog. Uh, just, just stout, stunt. Uh, he, he commands the double team. He, he dominates the, the line of scrimmage. Uh, he can get pressure right up the middle at any time. Uh, players like that, uh, they love it when it gets the, into those dog days because they know physically when other people are getting tired, uh, their strength and their power will start taking over. Defensively, your aggressiveness aggressiveness takes over uh, as far as defensive calls being made because you have the offense, so you have guys thinking and hesitating. A little bit, a little bit of doubt seeps in about uh, are they able to have another gear? Uh, Whether you know they have to start worrying about catching the ball, worrying about you know, getting enough depth on a certain route, um, finishing off plays. Well, defensively, man, you, you just turn that switch on and you just go, go, go. Um, you do worry about some of the injuries from the contact and that kind of stuff. So you got you to be so smart. Uh, like we said, when we're getting through these dog days, you got to be super smart about your practice tempo, uh, taking care of your teammates. 
but again, you're trying to dig down deep and find out if you can take yourself uh, to a different level of conditioning, to a different level of preparation. Um, and all that is done, uh, like you said, according to Coach Reed's plan. He has a master plan of preparing these guys to deal with stuff during training camp so they can recall that during the season. The other group, I've, I'm just going to characterize them all together and lump them in. Maybe it's just a whole bunch of Rhodesian rid, Ridgebacks or whatever. It's And that's the offensive line. Because I've seen them collectively fight through this camp uh, and see that they're growing and working together. Whether it's an Andrew Wiley's getting a shot mm-hmm. at left guard, uh, the Canadian doctor's back. I tweeted out about the Chiefs are 35-9 and nine when he starts, uh, and he's back after the injury, or Ryder, or the guys Allegretti coming in, or Ryan. I mean, just as a group, I've seen that. And I don't know if they're helping each other out or keeping each other going, but I've seen those guys bark and dark dog this. Yeah, that, that offensive line is, is, is something you have to come together. Their job, number one job, is to protect Pat Mahomes. They, they know that that's their primary pri- uh, priority uh, during this season is to keep him upright, keep him clean. And it takes all five guys. They all are responsible. If one guy lets a guy through, they all get blamed. And so they have to work collectively to make sure that everybody's condition level, everybody is attentive, everybody knows the calls, the checks, the balances. Every other position is, is not that way. And defensively, it's like an entire unit, right? Uh, you got to work together. As all 11 guys got to bust their butts to get a line and sign, know the calls, the communication. They succeed together and get off the field or they fail together and give up touchdowns and field goals. Offensively, though, it's, it's very, like you're saying, it's categorized by position, and that offensive line group has come together like I've seen no other, and they are prepared to play. They are prepared to take the challenge to protect uh, Pat Mahomes the entire season uh, for, for 80 snaps a game if it takes that. But uh, as many times as he snaps the ball and ready to throw it, they want to make sure that he keeps that pocket clean, he can step up, deliver the ball, and uh, matriculate the ball down the field. And I'm I'm liking that group. Uh, Eric Fisher's had a good camp. It's like he's growling now, growl when he, you know when somebody's in the yard. I, I like it. I like it. Um, the quarterback, though, before we move on to the second part here with the dog days, I I, I underestimate how many throws they have to make. Mm. We've been going day after day after day. They do warm ups. I, I know Mahomes has a bionic arm, but it's warm ups. It's seven on seven. It's one-on-one. It's team. I mean, there's like tens of thousands of throws in these by this time. They just throw and throw and throw and throw and throw and fighting for a quarterback even to go through dog days. Yeah, you, you, just, you said the pitch count. The pitch count for a quarterback has got to be amazing during training <laughs> camp. Uh, it, it's unlike a normal season, right? You go through a game, um, you play, you, th- you throw the ball 50, 60 times during a the game, then you get a couple days off, you come back and put in the game plan, a normal practice week, you get a few snaps, a few seven-on-seven, some passion drill. But this is day after day after day. This is hundreds of ball being thrown, warmed up, day after day after day in a week, like you say, in the thousands, you know, 1,500. So, like, so many pass attempts are being put on this arm during a 20-day window for them just to prepare themselves to play a few games of preseason. And then the real uh, – the bullets get real, right? That's when it's – the, the action is going wild. It's the wild, wild west – uh, begins on the on the football field. Uh, those guys, like you're saying, have to be battle-tested. Those arms have to be prepared to go uh, 16, 17 weeks, then a postseason. Can't deal with any arm soreness during the regular season. So you try to go ahead and build up like a uh, uh, kind of a wall that they can get to, bust through that wall, and then that arm is ready. You know, Pat Mahomes, I think he can throw it 3,000 times a day if he needs to with all those different arm slots. 
Uh, he's it's amazing to see him on a on an average day, but on his on his good days, like he had a few days out here at, at training camp, man, he was he was dropping dimes all over the field. Now the second part, as we go to the second quarter of our dog days, unfortunately, is a very real part of dog days, and that is dog whistle. As a kid, I had a boxer. If it heard a high pitched sound, he would have that head cock from ten to two and just look at you, like something is crazy here. Now we're talking dog whistle because a big part of training camp in dog days is dog whistle. Guys, wow, for whatever reason, physically or mentally, it is confusing. Yes. Now, you, so you said in meetings last year, you were on this, you were a part of the uh, intern uh, staff. You've seen this. Mm-hmm. And to me, a lot of it happens at night, maybe. With the, we don't see it at practice, but in the evenings when they're meeting, and all of a sudden they're looking at you like he ain't, he ain't getting it. Yeah, you talk about guys, you know, even even from a coaching staff, you know, when guys aren't here for the beginning of the camp, and coach said, well, we're not going to worry about the guys aren't here. You know, we're, we're getting plays in. Somebody stepped in. Uh, we had a running back miss a few plays. So another running back was able to step up and get some reps. You don't miss out. You just say, hey, man, the other guy's taking advantage of this position. This guy's taking advantage of, of somebody missing out. That's the dog whistle. That's, that's, a, that's a little silent call that's saying, hey, man, if you're not here and you don't want this, Somebody else is showing us they can do it. And then we talk about off the field. Sometimes in the meeting rooms you see a guy uh, maybe not paying attention fully, uh, not taking notes, uh, on his phone answering things, doing different things, which you just know his, his, his full attention isn't to him learning the ins and out of his position. And then he goes out on a practice field the next day and make a few minimal mistakes, and you're wondering how important is making this team to this young man. From a coaching staff more, more and more especially to your teammates having teammates see other teammates not pay attention and then go out on the field and make mistakes uh we talk about the level of trust it takes the communication those type things man it's a building process and it, and it comes in the meeting rooms on the field but when that dog whistle blows and guys you start looking around and you see you know that coach He's not correcting this player as much as he used to. He's kind of giving up on. He thinks that mm-hmm. the guy's plateaued. He, he he's trying to push him. The guy's he's pushing back. He don't want to push through that wall. He's tired. He's letting the coach know. I'm I'm tired, coach. I I need a, I need a, I need to you know tap tap his helmet. I need to get out. That those are the, the signals that a coach is is kind of wondering. Do I need to get somebody else in here? So it's handling it's handling on the field, handling in the meeting room. Do I not have it? Then ask a question. Don't fake like I have it, too. I've seen this happen with players down through the years. I'm going to fake it and try to get through the homework, and it's, it's as egregious as hiding the phone under the table because yeah. it ends up in the same spot, not a good spot. And when the real games happen, that's when you lose games. So in training camp, you learn how to concentrate, prepare uh, mentally and physically and fighting through it. Okay, we're at halftime. Do you know how this works? 12-minute halftime normally. We have 1.2 seconds. You get an orange, go to the bathroom, hope your uniform's fine, you're not going to get fined. Now you're going to go into the third quarter, and the third quarter is finding dogs. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take D-A-W-G here, S. Now we're going to go from dog whistle to finding the guys who actually elevate during dog days. They redefine themselves as a player or jump onto the scene as a player right now. And the ones that are able to fight and get there, I mean, this is a little bit like you. I mean, you made your career probably in those early training camps in dog days when you were a Redskin player. Yeah, I thought I was a good player coming out of college, man. And I, I knew I was a cover linebacker. I played special teams all my, you know, all five years in college. But you know, when, you, when you're looking for those dogs, you're looking for those alpha dogs. Those alpha dogs are, are they're excited to play the game of football. 
How many times do you remember seeing a coach walk up and down the stretch drills asking a guy, do you love football? Is this, are you doing something you love doing? Is this, are you enjoying this? And you see guys, coach, I love football. I love, I love the, you know, I embrace the grind. I embrace the sweat. I embrace the suck. Yeah, it sucks being out here, but I embrace that. <laughs> uh, it's nothing else I would rather do. You hear coach, you know, where would you rather be? Nowhere. Um, all that kind of talk is you're searching for that, those alpha dogs, those guys that bring, uh, bring the level of play of everybody around them up a level. Uh, the Matthews, the, the Clarks on defense. The Pat Mahomes on offense, Cheetah, uh, those guys, the Travis Kelsey, Zeus, um, they, they bring everybody's level of expectation of themselves to a higher plane. And when you get dogs on defense that want to hunt, on offense that want to block and pile drive and just every drive is like we got one priority, get the ball in the end zone. On defense, we have one priority, stop the run, kill the quarterback, and get the ball back for our offense. Very simple uh, very uh, blunt, just just super aggressive mentality. That kind of philosophy, it helps the coaches figure out which of these dogs can I hunt with. Which of these alpha dogs are going to make the best 53 uh, for this roster? And you're going to find out a lot on these preseason games. Now, we've got some alpha dogs on this roster. We know that. The finding dogs, too, at this time of year is experimental in some. You know what you got with some guys. Mm-hmm. You're trying to find out what you have with others. And there's a couple here that fit in this category. One I'm going to throw out there young, uh, but has been Juan Thornhill. We even have him mic'd up on 65 TPT. I mean, he's an impressive kid. UVA, anthropology <laughs> major, 44-inch vertical. But you're thinking, is he going to slow down? He's come out here with a lot of energy and zippity-doo-dah. But what's he like now in dog days? He's actually put it up a notch. And the dude's getting a pick a day. Yeah. And so you can see him learning under Honey Badger or even a Daniel Sorensen. And this, I mean, this is a safety group that I really like. His expectation, I think, from a coaching staff, from the general managers, from even the fan base, you knew he was a good college player, but you, you had to think there was going to be some uh, some struggle learning the playbooks, some struggle learning the amount of uh, defenses with a brand-new defense coordinator. Um, he makes it look easy. He makes it look like, like, like defensive philosophy is what he's uh, been trained to do all his life. Uh, his comfort level it, it, it transitioning from a half-field corner to a in-the-box safety, uh, covering tight ends, covering the flats when it comes to receivers, and then being able to high-point a ball. He's, he, he looks like he's been doing it since he was a baby. He, 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 he high-points that ball and makes interceptions uh, and gets his hand on so many balls each day at practice uh, that you know that's going to definitely transcend to uh, playmaking and, and opportunities for picks during the uh, during the season. And, you know, Honey Badger and, and Sorensen, the guys that have been around, will take him under his wing and say, hey, we're going to navigate this. But that's a guy that's had potential to be a DAWG real dog dog. Now, the other finding dogs are experimental. And this is what's fascinating me now with this team from here till the end of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that comes to mind is Tano Passanio and watching him. I think he has 17,000 reps so far in this camp because they played him outside and they played him inside as far as – but here's a guy now who was a second-round pick out of Villanova who's got a seven, what, three-inch wingspan. Uh, when he is in there with Chris Jones together, there was times like Mahomes was trying to figure out how to throw it because it was like a wind turbine. It was 15 feet of wingspan span from fingertip to fingertip when Stone Cold Chris Jones is in there with Passigno. But it seems experimental with him. And so from now till the end of August, it's like, what can he do with it? Because – and Spags has admitted this with the defensive side. I'm experimenting here. I'm trying to figure out, he even said it publicly, I'm trying to figure out what I got. 
But now passing you is an interesting study for me because if if it hits, I mean, if he turns into, I mean, there could be really something there with him with his talent. Yeah, all is a freak of nature off the scale when it comes to when the the look test, right? And then when the game comes on, you just you, you just haven't seen him really let it go, right? We we, we want to see him getting there and just this 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 let it let all his abilities. Uh, off on the other team, and, and really let's see what his potential can be. Uh, we, we talk about other players too, like uh, Traymond Smith, the running back, mm-hmm. uh, the running, the newly, <laughs> the newly formed running back. He plays running back. He plays DB. He could be a receiver. It could be a special teamer. It's a jack of all trade when it comes to him. His his one roster spot might be worth four individual roster spots when it comes down to it. And with a team as talented as the Chiefs are this year, they're going to need to find a way of, of having guys play multiple spots. Um, Dorian O'Daniel, the linebacker, he's a striker. He can run. He can do all these things. But uh, in this defense, it's been hard to find exactly what role – um, truly plays to his strong point when it comes to being able to just run and strike. He's going to be a special teams demon. Um, then we talk about the running back. One of our favorite uh, running backs this this camp has been number twenty five. Uh, those Pistons at, at at five foot eight, five foot nine. Uh, being able to squat 700 pounds and bench press 400 pounds. Uh, he's just electric. The, 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 the pound for pound may be the strongest player, not only on this team, but maybe in the NFL. And then my last, but one of my favorite guys is Ben Neiman, um, the Hawkeye. Uh, you know, not not really used last year, but um, I was, we saw all through preseason. He just has a knack for football. He has a nose for football. A lot like uh, a linebacker out of Miami, number Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, looks like look, I mean, fits that role. That knows for the football, gets his hands on balls. Um, is always around the, the ball carrier. I would like to see all four of those guys, including Passano, um, just release themselves and, and, and find out what they can really be um, on this Chiefs team come 2019. Well, let's take a couple of these a little further. Now, Darwin Thompson, who's you're referring to, number 25 at Utah State on offense, 25. But he told me, I said, what keeps you going, man? You were under-recruited coming out of Tulsa Jinx. Then you're under-recruited coming out of NEO, Utah State. Uh, he said, there is the fear. This goes back to what you said about 10 paragraphs ago, and that is the fear. Somebody's going to take my job. I am not going to let my job get away. So there's a dog mentality. Yes, my, the bone is meant dog food's in my dish. I'm going to eat the dog food. You're not going to eat my dog food. That's one. Two, Tremont Smith is interesting because we talk about experimental. First of all, you have to be a willing participant in the experiment. Mm-hmm. Okay, he spent all last year as a corner and a kick returner. Now they're going, oh, we're going to try you at running back. And you had mentioned it's really interesting to think about it. There's kind of a partial running back receiver. What if he becomes a gunner and a bracket guy on the outside as well as a returner? I mean, you don't know what you have there, but finding dogs, D-A-W-G-S, first of all, you have to be a willing participant to say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to try it. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yeah, it's it's tough. to. You've been playing all all your college career. You've been uh, kind of put on a pedestal as being a great defensive cornerback. You've been – uh, this is going to be your uh, way to make the NFL. This is your your breakthrough. And then in year two, uh, you're asked to switch positions. You're asked to learn a new position, to go back to something that you uh, haven't done before. And he's done it not, I mean, not begrudgingly. He's done it excited about it. He, whenever I see him in 707, I see him running routes. He's learning something. He's going back to the running back coach, asking about did he do it the right way and uh, working on his hands. I saw him on a jug machine working on his hands afterwards. Um, because that's probably one of the, the the tough things transitioning from defense to offense is that on offense you get the ball in your hands a lot more. On defense, we're just asked to make tackles and knock some ball downs. You make a play every blue moon. 
Um, so those are the things he's he's starting to fine tune and seeing if he can really get um, really really hone in his abilities on um, having the ball in his hand. You mentioned Neiman. It's interesting. I go back to a year ago about this time. It was dog days, and Neiman kind of powered through it. Then he had the pick six against Atlanta uh, in that preseason game. But that started to help, like, well, maybe, you know, maybe there's something here. Mm -hmm. But it was his ability to push through dog days last year that probably put him on this football team. And, and you know, it's tough when you get to these these preseason games, not taking a lot of reps during practice and working yourself to get in condition – and then going out there in the NFL stadium and having to cover that first kickoff, mm. having that first kickoff, and then you come to the sideline and you're almost hyperventilating. Well, then when it comes to the second quarter and the second half, not only are you playing special teams, but you're playing a normal defense. So you're playing every down on defense, then you're doing punt cover, then you're doing punt return, then you're doing your, your defense, then you're doing kickoff cover. So you don't have a chance. Like You're looking for guys that have that tremendous amount of mental toughness they will not let themselves be tired. They will not let themselves give up. They will not break, uh, you know, break down and allow their mental um, to, to match their physical fatigue. They're sharp. They're attuned. They know their alignment assignment. And they rise up to the occasion and still make plays even when they're exhausted. So the final quarter here, quarter here would be walking the dog. And walking the dog is walking through these preseason games. These next four weeks, pushing through dog days. But to me, the games, Barbershop, are like the pads. Like who's So you get that first game, and you just alluded to it. Lights are on, mm-hmm. who freaks out, who retreats, and who advances. Because we've seen that too. Guys emerge. Uh, uh, Pringle last year, Byron Pringle, in the fourth preseason game against Green Bay, 122 yards receiving, unfortunately gets hurt. But it, it, it's then going – that's what, I'm going to throw the Steeler preseason game in this. I'll throw the 49er game in this. I'll even throw the Green Bay game in this, that last preseason game, of who can ascend and advance fighting through dog days but then walking this dog path of the preseason games because fans are going, hey, let me know when, the, when they count for real. No, people, these are important, real important, particularly in finding dogs. Yeah, maybe not for your starters, but definitely for the depth in each position. And understanding who's going to be the second Mike, who's going to be second Will outside linebackers, who's going to be the guys you you feel you really feel comfortable with um, when it's time for Frank Clark and, and and Badger to come off the field for a break. Who's going to be the guys you you're ready to give those reps to? Um, so you're fighting for those positions during these preseason games, but you're not only fighting for a position on the Chiefs team. Mm. This film, these games, these plays are going out to every team. And so just because we are super deep at uh, defensive end or we're super deep at safety and wide receiver, there's a couple teams out there that are looking for a third safety, uh, a fourth defensive end, or a fifth wide receiver. And to think about the, the game that Pringle had uh, last year in the preseason, if he didn't make our team, he would have definitely got picked up by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because of that, 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 that explosiveness he showed on the field on, on, pre, on preseason game number one, um, so this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity, and it's there for everybody to take a grasp of, to be a part of this 2019, um, um, this 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 epic season we're about to uh, uh, evolve on, to be a part of the, the the Chiefs' kingdom for this season. Every guy has an opportunity. All all 90 some guys have an opportunity to take advantage of it. It's who's going to come up to play when the lights are on and make the big plays. It's one of the things I like about Coach Reed. He's honest with guys. When, when you mentioned that, it triggered the thought. I just had this thought, a chat with him the other day. He's honest with guys of going, you may not make this team, but 
I'm not going to, you know, you, you can make somebody else's yeah. team. And, and that's just the way he's secure as a coach, and he gets it, but he's honest with guys and trying to let them know the importance of every snap, every meeting uh, that you're in at night and you want to sleep or I'm, I can't, you know, I'm just I'm in a, some kind of fog here. But he's trying to tell them it's not just about us, it's about you, and I appreciate that in his honesty. Yeah, some starters, you know, I remember when I was in, in the league, and some starters, they, they, they like to take the shoulder pads off and get all undressed and show that they're the starters. I mean, when I was a young kid and a young guy in the league, man, I would love when the starters got off, got off the field, and the coach told him, hey, to put your helmet to the side, you're not playing anymore. Because I just knew that meant I was going to have more reps, more opportunities to showcase my skills and my abilities to show I belong on the team. Uh, didn't want anything given to me. Don't give me a spot because I was the fourth-round draft pick or I'm a second-round draft pick. Don't, don't give me a spot. Make me earn it so I know that this is, this is something I deserve. Um, I went out here and earned it throughout training camp, throughout preseason, throughout these preseason games. I earned my spot. I deserve it. And it's the respect that you get amongst the players in the locker room when you do it that way. Um, and that lasts you through the season. And finally, your alpha dogs you mentioned during the preseason game, when they're done playing, watch Mahomes. He can keep yeah. coaches. You're out, watch the Honey Badger. He will continue to coach them. They'll walk up and help guys, and that's a big secret to this team. You're going to need that depth. You, 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 as, as the leaders on the defense, you need everyone to buy in. And so if you're a leader and, and you're, not, you're off the field and your reps are done and they see you on the sideline eating a hot dog or uh, messing with the fans and not paying attention, it's hard for those guys to really uh, give you all the respect that you deserve. But if you're coaching them up and, and fine-tuning them, telling them some things they need to uh, work on their eye discipline and work on their pad level and uh, you see them loafing to the ball, hey, man, pick it up, pick it up. We, we, that's, not, that's not us. We don't do that. Then that's when those guys buy in and realize, hey, you are our alpha. You're our leader. I'm ready to follow you to the promised land. And I think we got those leaders on this team. And follow the dogs and load up the back end of the pickup and then unload that gate and let them roll because the dogs are getting ready to bark here. It's dog days. It's dog whistles. It's finding dogs and walking the dog. He's the barbershop 10-year veteran, Sean Barber. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. Stay on this. This is going to be a really interesting preseason. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs official podcast network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration!